0: Unicorns, Dice Dragons, and Queer Witches to another episode of ESP, the Aaron Spencer Podcast. And thank you for joining us on short notice. We have as our guest today, the wonderful Mr. Playwright, whom I recently met at AAC 2021, another anime con. Mr. Playwright, welcome. I'll give you the floor to do a little bit of a flavorful introduction of yourself and a little bit about what you're doing.
1: Yes. Uh, Hello there. My name is Michael um otherwise known as Mr. Playwright. Um, I, t- I do have a Twitch channel but it's not nothing I do really is anything major it's more laid back. Um, I do also uh, spend time writing and creating um, d d style games. Um, there's a couple I've either been working on or I want to run with people um, I mean, I, I want to say at least three years I've been doing at least one or two of them just campaign wise. Um, long. I mean, other than that, I do a bit of writing. Um, I'm really into the creation, I would say. Same. More than anything else.
0: World building is fun. And we have the world building woman from TikTok who's going to be joining us on a DD. Dungeon Master panel because that seems to be all the rage lately. That's kind of the the trend on the YouTube. This is to do a uh, DMs panel, but we're doing a world building panel because world building is It's a lot of fun, but uh, we're not here necessarily today to talk about d d but I am really grateful to have met you because you are also a fellow d d nerd, uh, as am I. We're both tapped into that world, but a little bit of crossover I mentioned to you at AAC, my plans for A, B, and AAC next year. So we're going to talk about, that's a good segue to talk about AAC 2021, another anime con, because we met at your panel specifically. And yes. again, segues, <laughs> I think that's a great segue. You ran the d group therapy uh, panel, which was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed myself there. I was perhaps a little bit too excited, but we, once we were all in the zone, <laughs> it was great fun. And tell us a little bit about that uh, panel at AAC 2021, your experience setting that up, your experience running the panel, and kind of your overall thoughts on, again, good place to start, kicking it off with d d group therapy.
1: Uh, funnily enough, didn't you, uh, I think you showed up a bit early for that one, didn't you? I I believe so. so.
0: I'm never early for anything, so that's a big deal.
1: It was at least 20 minutes, I want to say, because I was just sitting there waiting. Um, <laughs> so, I, mean, I, put I
0: schedule wrong. Yeah. <laughs> that's a possibility, too.
1: Uh, let's see. I actually... Um, this was my first year ever doing stuff, but I was penned to join game show stuff, I want to say, about three years ago. Um, before the Backstreet Boys reunion tour. Um, <laughs> before um, that happened and then the waiting. So I kind of had, I already had the idea for d d Group Therapy. Um, the original idea is actually very different from how it uh, came out, I would say. My main thing is m- I love character work and I actually absolutely love um, panels where literally everyone can participate, not just watch. It's it's never just like, oh, here's three people, everyone else. You're here, too. I, I really enjoy getting everyone excited. Um, so it, it's definitely been it's definitely been like a couple years in the making. So it's God, it's really different from how I originally planned it, honestly. <laughs>
0: So what was your original concept then for the panel? Okay.
1: Um, I wanna say I, I, I may have to, mm, let me just think exactly. So think- it was always going to be um, a group of people mm-hmm. going on a um, sort of quest. The original idea was that every single person was going to be playing a townsperson, like, that's which ended up happening. Mm-hmm. Sort of um, anyway. And They would be uh, Instead of being The um, People on the quest They would be the characters um, That would be Developing the village, the town um, It would be the enemies It would be every single character You would come across But to be fair That is very complicated to do Even if I, uh, because I had only asked for about an hour and um, I didn't realize I could ask for more than an hour. I thought an hour would be the max. No, I could have asked for two, but I think one probably helped a lot with just solidifying.
0: Yeah, definitely sped things up. One thing that I hear content creators, Sly Flourish and... Satine Phoenix specifically talk about all the time is pacing, especially when you're hosting D&D events at conventions, is making sure that you get the right pacing down. And to do what you did in such a short amount of time takes a lot of talent. So hats off to you, Brent.
1: Thank you. Um, funnily enough, I don't think I have actually DM'd a traditional 5e. i want to say actually a couple years actually at a convention Um,
0: or in general
1: in general oh okay Um, gotcha so um i've i have ran uh 5e i've taken Mm -hmm. part of 5e but it my life has pretty much been encapsulated in what my friends really wanted to do for uh campaigns so i it's kind of just went into like this whole side thing um so it is nice when I can try to get back to the roots, but when it came to D and D group therapy, um, I actually started to try to make a very simplified um, rule book uh, specifically for the um, co- uh, for the convention. Um, I only got like I want to say a couple pages in um, because I realized very quickly it was going to be extremely complicated um so i started um to nail things down so for those that do not know D group therapy ended up being um we had groups of people all taking control of one character as they were escaping from a prison
0: yes and i really liked the characters that you had available like the kenku the kinky was the pirate, right? Cause that was the one yes. that we selected. Okay. I had a, I was writing things down as we were going, different phrases that they might've picked up along the way. The other characters, there was a baker. It was great fun, but that's just off the top of my head, right? As someone who was participating from the audience. So I'm sure you have them all yes, in I, your I, head I, as what they were. Cause they were great. I, I
1: do have it written down because there, I, I did have some help with them. Um, but it's a lot easier to make um, characters when you have someone to bounce ideas off of.
0: That is true. And at a convention, you have to keep things isolated. So I like that there were a little individual character cards that had the, this is what you can do, this is your little box. Because when you give people in a crowd too many options, it, it causes a little bit of confusion. There can be delays. People try to go outside the box, kind of limiting crowd interaction or... Audience yeah. interaction at a panel like this is really, really key. And again, I think you did a wonderful job of pulling it off with those little index cards there.
1: Thank you. Um, I figured it was going to be a lot easier to actually have it written down and given out to people.
0: Yes, it was. Um,
1: even like even up to the week before, I was all I was fully planning on having everyone still um, being a, their own character. Um, but then I had gotten to like the week of and i'm like i have ideas but i think all of these ideas are going to be overshadowed if there are way too many people doing way too many things sounds Uh, like you almost
0: flew too close to the sun but backed away just in time
1: yes um i i want to say because obviously when it you're in that you're not getting all of the characters their full beauty (laughs) one of the favorites that i've I, I did work on someone with this a satyr wizater the okay. so a satyr who is a wizard they were a satyr who worked part-time at the local tavern as a waiter to put themselves <laughs> themselves through wizard college so a satyr wizater the dryad park ranger was very dark and i don't think anyone really got to read the story i wrote out for them i i also really wanted to there were a couple things I wanted to do that I had to sadly cut. There was, that was something because
0: of the convention restrictions, or was that more of just because it wouldn't have worked logistically?
1: It was more of a time thing, and with how the game had changed, it was not going to be as common of an idea, especially with the time crunch. The original idea was with players. Also, with the um, audience also playing the NPCs. Um, I also thought I was going to have a slightly bigger room. Not huge. By God, I did not want a huge room. But uh, just big enough so like people can move a bit. One of the ideas I had was the um, mighty death cry. That every single time um, a character, like a, m- a minor villain or whatever, died. Um, whoever was playing them had to do like a howl of death Mm -hmm. as they died. Sounds Um, like a
0: theater exercise coming from my time in community theater.
1: (gasps) Yes. Uh. (laughs) Avenge me.
0: (laughs) You can tell that we're community theater people. I've got battle axes. Wrong hand. There you go. Battle axes in the back. And I've got my prop gun from Rocky Horror that we use still, which was just PVC piping that was uh, covered in glitter. I still have that downstairs. But theater exercises are... my favorite i still sing Mumblebee tuna before our D D podcast with fantastic universes on sundays
1: i think i have exactly one thing from a show i've done that is <laughs> out here i i can't find anything else other than like maybe bills. i don't even remember i think that was from the i i like a top hat i wore for the crucible um <laughs> i i stopped i had to stop doing uh theater when i started working full-time
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, like five, I want to say five years ago. Yeah, it
0: becomes a problem. <laughs> it becomes a problem when you're not, when you don't have a card in New York and you're not getting paid for it. Even local community theaters, uh, that is a, for most people down on Cape uh, Cod, kind of in our area, uh, community theater is pretty big on the Cape from Wareham all the way to Provincetown, but still for everyone that does it, it is a second job. Uh, having it as a primary career uh, is extremely difficult and impossible for a lot of us, unfortunately.
1: Yes. <laughs> Let's see. When it comes to D&D therapy, I am glad of how it ended up.
0: It was a lot of fun. Genuinely yeah. a lot of fun. From someone that went into it with no expectations. I like that you had the di- the giant stuffed dice that you could just throw around, having that little bit of interactive element. I'm sure for myself as a ADHD neurodivergent individual, for a lot of other people, I know cons are therapeutic in general for anyone with any type of neurodivergence which is great it's a great outlet for everyone But to have something big that you can be like oh my god i'm gonna take this and throw it around and i can roll the dice and that sort of thing uh, i'm sure that was uh nice for a lot of people interactive and then the cards too you can look at and you can see the classes the different characters
1: funnily enough um the die only came in the day before that's great perfect timing
0: that's all you needed. yeah
1: um because i thought of it too late i'm like it would be too late. And then I looked at it again later that week and I said, I might as well try. Worst case, I'll just use it for fun and my friends can throw it at each other. Whatever works. That too. Um, uh, let's see. But honestly, I am just glad that people seem to enjoy it. Um, I did have other ideas after because um, definitely I feel like I'm I'm going to try to bring this back next year.
0: I think that's a good idea. I'm I'm
1: hoping, yeah.
0: For one thing, you inspired me for the one shots that I want to do in both AAC and AB because I really thought that what you did with the individual groups and having people divide up into groups and having those groups make decisions, the amount of retention that you had in that panel, and I think this is a good segue to talk about other things at AAC, the the way that you had structured that with getting literally every single person in that room involved kept your attention, kept people engaged, kept people in the room, uh, kept the the energy and the excitement uh, at an all-time high. And that is that inspired me when I do my Attack on Titan one-shot to kind of use that same system and have the characters divided up into large groups so you can have like a group consensus. And with the Apocalypse World system, having a limited tool set is nice. I might have to trim it down a little bit. Depending on on how much faith I have in the audience as we approach <laughs> as we approach the next convention years, but that what you did that sort of segmentation was perfect, and that's something that is lost on a lot of panelists. That you know between Kineticon, AAC, and other smaller cons that you uh, comic cons that we've been to, you have that retention problem, right, where you come in and then people just filter out. But the way that you engaged everyone uh, was pretty close to I think the ideal. The other thing that you can do is You can just throw candy at people, but I think that is a a better strategy of actually having these curves. You can do both. Yeah, you can do both.
1: (laughs) The chocolate is needed to keep their energy up, because if they're going to be so excited, they're going to be like, I need something to keep this energy going. (laughs) Yes, I need to reach into the dark excess of my mind. Chocolate is the water of life. (laughs) Coco.
0: <laughs> yeah, co- co- Coco is the bean of life. And yes, I know that that sentence didn't make sense. It wasn't supposed to. <laughs> to
1: everyone um, listening. So one idea I also had, I, I doubt I'm actually going to be able to do this in particular next year. Um, I, I also thought it would be kind of a nice idea um, because originally it was d d group therapy, anime mm-hmm. edition. It wasn't as animeified. Of, as if I would, I'd have liked. So I did have some uh, Isekai themes. Also, after the fact, I thought, you know what's very anime? Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Having uh, the entire audience be quite literally any Pokemon they wanted, but because there are Pokemon D&D uh, games out there. Mm, are there um, really? Oh, there is plenty. plenty. Pokemon Tabletop United is about I want to say several. Oh, I that's about almost two gigabytes worth of things.
0: So one thing that I have noticed lately is, and you might you may have seen this in the news and the headlines, is that TikTok content creators <clears throat> opening Pokemon packs online has caused a national shortage, and we have people and Targets and Walmarts literally shooting each other over shortages of Pokemon cards, which is the Pokemon craze now in the mainstream is bigger than it's ever been. And it's wild And the fact that it's making national headlines and forced these giant retailers to change their policies and limit, even in some cases, not understanding anything about uh, TCGs, even extending that to Magic, which is not supposed to be the case, I think Wizards had come to an agreement with the retailers that it doesn't have anything to do with magic. There's not a magic shortage. But Pokemon specifically, to have these retailers have these signs that says limit two per customer strictly enforced, it's wild. Yeah.
1: Um, I used to be in the TCG craze years ago. Um, I want to say like in high school. I... It's more difficult to, uh, I don't know. I've tried getting into magic. It worked a couple times. I I played it a couple of times. Um, Pokemon a bit like, I was more into collecting when I was young. So I have like the old, old cards. Um, And then I got really into Yu-Gi-Oh, which is like the geeks, like rite of passage when you're in high school.
0: I never really got into Yu-Gi-Oh, but I know it was very popular, especially with the anime convention crowd.
1: When it comes to, I want to say that I think it really it started getting a bit wild when it was the McDonald's variety packs, whatever they were doing with. I think it was the Happy Meals. That,
0: yeah, but I wouldn't be surprised. Uh,
1: yeah, that's when everyone started buying. It. They a lot of YouTubers, TikTokers, Twitcher, Twitchers, Twitch Twitchers? streamers,
0: Twitch streamers, Twi- <laughs>
1: Twitchers. It sounds wrong, but it also kind of right. But it it doesn't sound right there were a lot of videos of them opening up packs from McDonald's and such to the point where McDonald's, who has so many locations and so much extra stock all the time, were running out because they had people just buying all these things. And they're like, it, we're selling. That's really all that matters. Um, and so that craze started because Sell, people were making money on it or they were at least pretending like they were making money on it. So that made more people want to go. I can guarantee a lot of people did not even, a lot of people that were doing the opening packs probably never played. And they either try to immediately sell the cards or they just left them or they gave them away. And I feel like immediately that issue is the, it's okay if something is popular, but when something becomes oversaturated, their value starts to go down a bit. Like,
0: well, that's a good segue for yeah. the yard sale because there was a ton of Pokemon stuff. I didn't—I think I saw a couple of card packs, but we had a yard sale this year at AAC and everybody wants to talk about that because that was a big deal. I, I liked it, I thought it was neat, um, but apparently it was a pretty big deal. I don't know if you can speak to that being someone from a staff perspective, but I was told that it was a big deal to have that yard sale this year.
1: I can honestly say I was in there for five minutes and then I had to go help someone else.
0: Well, I, um, I thought it was great. Uh, I All of the the dealers that were part of the art sale or the vendors were really friendly. It was kind of like a casual atmosphere. I liked that there was some place where we could go to just buy a whole bunch of extra stuff for cheap. That was kind of very casual, like a flea market. Yes.
1: And that was the day I realized I should have gone gotten cash um, the day before. <laughs> yeah. Because all I had the entire weekend was, um, I want to say a. Cr- couple crumpled ones and then my debit card that was it Mm -hmm. and not a lot of people are ready to be like i i i just came here for fun i i don't really have a way to take your credit card or debit card
0: right which is true of the yard sale but uh, again interestingly i was told again through the grapevine that it was a very big deal to have that and i think uh from just my Independent perspective. I thought it was great. I thought it was a great atmosphere. There was a lot of good stuff, a lot of great people. I think it went really well. And I as I don't know if this is the first time they did this, which might have been why it was a, a quote unquote big deal. But I would love to see it again. I think it was great. And I know that the AAC staff watches our videos and our podcasts. So this is the time to lobby for stuff. Did you do you have any any other takes on that? I thought it was great.
1: Uh I mean I wanted to say I want to say more, but I wasn't really involved in that in particular, so I'm not. I, I can't say that much, but it's definitely good to have yard sales, especially um, after a convention, because you want to buy or sell things yep. you have. Yeah. yeah, I. My God, I have so many things in this corner over here that I probably do sale. not need.
0: So what did you think of the dealer's room this year? I thought that the dealer's room was it was quaint, it was nice, it was in a good location, kind of separated and distance distance uh, distanced enough from the rest of the con. You had the staff member selling miniatures right at the base of the stairs, which was great. Love seeing the D D minis there. Shout out to that panel. I got about 20 or 30 different business cards, the usual networking, but I thought the artist alley and the dealer's room were both great. I like that the artist alley was kind of off to the side as well. The signage was clear. It was kind of weird having the floors, the way that the floors were separated at this venue were a little strange. It was like walking through a wizard's, mage, uh, yeah, a wizard's maze, where you would go up half a flight of stairs and be in between the floors, but somehow end up on the second or the third if you took the wrong turn around a corner. But that's you know the old hotel which I think is something a lot of people want to talk about. But what was your general experience with the hotel, the layout, the venue, the dealer's room, and the artist alley that were on, like, three different levels?
1: So, first of all, when it comes to the hotel, if you didn't go, they have these giant keys for your room. And you're like, there's no way I'm going to lose this. And then people did. (laughs) You put it in
0: your pocket or in your purse or your wallet.
1: Yeah, I, I quite literally just put mine on my key ring, and I'm like, I think I'm fine, but it feels like my entire key ring just doubles in weight. I'm going to be over-encumbered. I am going to be unable Good to reference. do any actions. I have to help my movement speed.
0: Yeah, the giant key. So so there were a lot of memes and a lot of jokes that came out of the hotel. Uh, one was that, uh, did we just walk on to the set of Loki? In the TV, or did or the other side of that was did we just walk into the TVA? The second was is this a TARDIS? Uh, and there were a couple a couple of other ones about uh, the. I think one was about the the interior set of the Titanic and some time machine jokes. But it was this, it was a unique experience. But the good news is, from what I'm told, they want us back at the at the hotel, which is great because this is the first time I think in a while, as someone that's been going AC for a while, when someone has said. Please come back.
1: Yes. Uh, I also heard that. I don't know too much information about it, but I've heard that people were happy from all sorts. Um, I don't think there was anything... I I think everyone was happy that I heard about from everyone.
0: Yeah, I I had no complaints. My rooms were, were nice. I heard that some of the rooms were in dire need of an update, but nothing that anybody, nobody really had any, I think there were a couple of complaints about the hotel rooms that were older. I think a couple of things with the, the facilities, but there were only a couple and I believe they were remedied. The Wi-Fi went on at one time, but it's, it wasn't a problem to the point where it was a major issue. It was more of kind of like it added to the nuance and to the meme a little bit. It added to the on to the running joke about the hotel being, you know, the the, the TVA or uh, being, you know, walking through a time machine into the 1950s on the set of Mad Men. It added to that joke because nobody really had a bad experience. I love that they want us back. I love that they 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 were so nice to all of the. Uh, con goers where other facilities have not been in the past and they want us to come back and the staff was pretty cool pretty chill and for a hotel that's in need of some updates the staff was pretty friendly and just very nice which is nice is nice
1: yeah i mean honestly for me all that mattered was oh hey we have rooms and they have beds and i can sleep in one (laughs) yes and the, sh- the shower works. I am happy. Uh, I am honestly quite... I mean, the air conditioner was very cold.
0: Yeah, yeah. I and I was really shivering.
1: <laughs> we had it... Apparently, we had it full blast. I don't know why. Uh, I remember waking up shivering. It got cold really fast, which granted, that's the... That is a very good air conditioner to do that.
0: There's huge boxes.
1: (laughs) Yes. Um, Let's see. Um, And then when it comes to...
0: Yeah, what what about the the? artist Sally or the uh, the dealer's room? What were your thoughts on that with the hotel? Or with the extended convention center hotel?
1: My immediate thought was there was a vendor that sold themed cupcakes.
0: Yes! Oh my gosh.
1: And they were delicious.
0: You know i i loved all of the vendors but i think the cupcake vendor wins sorry everybody yep. but themed cupcakes themed cupcakes with anime nerds like us come on yep. <laughs> that's that's gonna be number one all the time
1: let's see and there was also a good um mixture of everything you could possibly want there was an entire <gasps> corner There was an entire corner that was just like, oh, I desperately just want uh, something cute to put it next to my bed at night so I can just, you know, leave it there or something. And then there was uh, corners doing sweets and drinks like Ramoon, Pocky. There was really good pins. There were definitely actual art everywhere. Um, There was a good mix. And the good thing is we had staff pretty much making sure none of the rooms were exceeding the amount of people that were supposed to be in there because they always had security watching out just to make sure. Because obviously we are still at the helm of the uh, Backstreet Boys reunion tour and we have, I I know a lot of things like don't like a lot of like YouTube Twitch things tend to hate when you say a certain different word. So I, I try not to say that word.
0: So what do you mean by the Backstreet Boys reunion tour? Because I've heard uh, that a few times. Uh,
1: the thing that we've all been going through for the past two years.
0: Okay, alright, yes. gotcha. <laughs> and by that you mean the changing of venues from the uncertainty? Is that where is that what that means? Uh,
1: the the thing that I, I need um, this uh, vaccination card for. Um... <laughs>
0: Oh, okay. Gotcha. All
1: right. Yes, because obviously, when it comes to life after that, um, I it, it's just a reference to like some other group that says, instead of that, obviously rooms cannot be filled past um, their numbers. Um, we've seen in the past, in the bygone eras, we've seen rooms that were like filled to the brim, like 50 to 100 people. We obviously cannot have that. Mm-hmm. For um, well, for the larger rooms, yes, but for the smaller rooms, no. Um, even if everyone's vaccinated, um, it's definitely, um, it's nice that it's a very safe, it was a very safe convention. I was not, never really worried, and honestly, people felt safe, and I honestly think this was one of my favorite conventions I've ever done. Mm-hmm. Granted, it's my first staff convention, so I don't know.
0: Oh, this is your first time being staff? Yes. Well, we were happy to have you as staff. And uh, I think it went, I think the overall consensus from what we're saying is that the hotel, dealers room, the artist alley, the layout, Ooh. even with the, we can call it the caravana, even with the uh, dreaded caravana uh, still in our midst, we were able to generally have a good time. But I wanted to talk about the uh, specific panel at the end, where there there was a panel that turned into a feedback panel, uh, and I had specifically uh, approached everyone after and said, "Well, we're going to do a podcast on this, and uh, we do this every year, and we know that the convention staff and organizers, uh, both for us and for Anime Boston, because we got uh, credentials for them as well, listen to our podcast for uh, just kind of general feedback and you know just for some input from the media uh, in this situation." So. I want to just go over that. You were at that panel, I believe, right? Which was the yes. uh, try not to oo that turned into a feedback panel.
1: Yes. I remember still finding a way to make everyone uh, break down as I was pretending to uh, what was it? Play darts with a with like the foam bullets from like a Nerf gun. It w- it was like several weekends ago.
0: It was, it, it feels like, it, it feels like forever ago, but it also feels like it was just last weekend. Um, but I know that the the staff uh, there, which I know uh, Matt McKenna, who has been doing this for a long time and is sort of like the...
1: A fabulous, fabulous yes. man. Yes, yes, Matt McKenna.
0: Uh, almost like sort of the go-to authority for the other staff as far as game shows and panels and that community of staff, uh, he's one of the beacons. Um, but the the individual that ran that panel, the try not to uwu, that their name was Conway, right? Or was that someone different?
1: Uh, I'll have to double check. Hold on, I am you know, we sorry. Only,
0: that's okay. I know we only spoke. Uh, I only spoke with them briefly, but there was a panel that turned into a general feedback panel, and I know some people had some some issues with the technology from from a staff perspective with the uh, some of the panels being packed into tightly, some uh, technical difficulties that arose uh, some supply some supply drop issues with getting certain technology and or certain supplies to certain panels. What was your experience with that as a, as a, a staffer? And did you have any of those experiences? because I know t- we were both at that particular panel. And certain panelists, uh, part of that extended community, uh, seemed to have some some issues with the, uh, the allocation of panels at certain times not making sense for getting people back. There wasn't really anything anyone could do about being packed in too tightly. That was just unavoidable. So I'm going to table that for now, put it in the ether. So going back to panels being placed at awkward times, perhaps, technology and supplies that we needed for panels, not getting there. And then if it was there, it would have a bit of a malfunction or an issue or delay. Those were some of the complaints that I wrote down from some of the panelists that they wanted us to talk about here. Uh, and uh, staying true to my word, I wanted to at least bring that up and see what your take on that was as a staff member, or if you even experienced that at all, or if you had any general commentary on that feedback panel
1: yes um well i can start with the um room being a bit packed tight because i i did feel like my panel did have i i felt like one thing i definitely could have done was me try to make a bit more room but I, I try to make as much room as possible especially since i didn't really think i can move the projectors as much Mm -hmm. um, because I didn't want to mess around with uh, other people's setup. So there were a few things that were a bit tightly packed, but we do have, they are small rooms. There are other panels, especially not game show panels going on. So um, especially when it comes to the timing, there are going to be awkward timings because you may want to see two things happen at the same time. But the issue is, obviously, it's kind of impossible to literally have an entire convention planned around one full schedule going down because then at some point you're just running out of time. Exactly. Um, if, it, if it was as simple as, um, oh, hey, this, these panels are just like, Too close together to jump straight from one panel to another to another to another that's one thing but there there's really nothing else we can i believe we can do when there's so many panels um because there were a lot of panels going on in the other rooms that i had Mm. no idea of because i really only had the list of the um game show um and i looked after what i'm like oh yes we have idle showcases i forgot i forgot we had that um (laughs) Because I, I walked in, people were dancing, I'm like, what is this? Uh, I am confused.
0: Well, I think, uh, and again, credit to all of the all of the positive things that the staff was able to put together and a credit to Lisa for really getting the, the most in general, generally speaking, out of this space, because at the end of the day, right, objectively speaking, there's only so much that the staff can do, uh, that the organizational staff can do about room sizes. There's only so much they can do about the amount of rooms that are available within the space. And there's only so much they can do about uh, the restrictions, the Carvana restrictions, as we're going to call it. Um, So, But I think given all those circumstances, I feel like they did the best that they could. And I didn't have any complaints myself as media. And it seemed like your panel went very well, even for a small space. And it seemed like for the therapy, the d group therapy, everything sort of went according to plan uh, from what I'm hearing, I think, generally speaking. Would you agree with that?
1: It was a lot of improv and more people than I was expecting, I'll be honest. I was expecting five people and I was expecting to know four of them. <laughs> that was my original thought process. And then when people started showing up early, I thought they walked into the wrong room or that I was in the wrong room. And then everyone seemed excited. And then more people came in and then more. And then people had to start filing in at the door. And I'm like, I wish, because granted for my panel, no one could tell immediately how good it was going to be
0: mm-hmm.
1: or um, how many people were going, because it's the first time we've done this. It's right. actually the first time we've had conventions uh, for AAC especially in like two years yes um so, yeah um so when it comes to that it's kind of hard one hard to get back in the swing of things hard to know exactly how many people are showing up
0: growing pains. um
1: yeah it's there the um people going to the convention are also in the right they need to have more room but that is no one's fault, not the hotel's. Yes, difficult not, situation. Yeah, not AAC at all. It is more of, oh, hey, we gave you these options. We didn't realize how popular what these options would be. correct like, I feel, Yeah, I feel like if I, for example, d d group therapy was popular for the room it had. If I had a larger room, it would not have been worth it. Um. But because I, I know there are bigger rooms, but also there are some things that need those bigger rooms as well.
0: Yes. The it's- hypnotism was one which is very popular and apparently it was it went well this year. I popped in for a couple of minutes yes. just to check it out. And everyone seemed to be very much involved and enjoying it. And I know it's something people look forward to every year. So I did show up to that and take a couple of notes and yeah. it went great. But uh, I think I had like three things happening at the same time during that time block. So Did my diligence, went in, took a peek. It was a good, it was a great room for that. It was the tiered room with the conference uh, tables with the comfortable chairs, which was an awkward setup, but it seemed to work for that panel. And everyone seemed to be comfortable, having a good time, and enjoying it. And it lived up to its hype, of course, but I wasn't in there for the whole thing. Uh, And then I had a couple of other panels that I went to. But you're right, for having bigger rooms, uh, that went very well. And I do have to say that shout out to uh matt mckenna the beacon of this community of staff members the one panel i go to every year and i've gone to it every year as a fun panel for myself my friends and my guests and uh whoever i end up meeting at aac we always go to the it's always Sun- uh, sunny panel the 18 plus one specifically and the initial one that they have uh, i believe on the first or second day but that's always a good time and uh matt McKenna yes. crushed it again as usual and i thought that was a great panel
1: i was also staff for the 18 plus one That was a good time. Um, I was mostly there just to make sure. I was there for the original one, um, I wanna say. I wasn't staff. Um, I just like making sure people are okay because I know that one does get a bit more um, loud. Yes. (laughs) And rowdy than the other ones. So it definitely needs help to be contained. That one definitely needed to be put in a bigger room, but there was only so much, obviously, that could be done at that point. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: so that's actually
1: a, that's actually a good bullet
0: point. We can say recommending that the eighteen plus, at the very least, the eighteen plus, it's always going to be placed in a larger room for next year.
1: I mean, I, I'm sure. <laughs> obviously, I don't. I've only been this. I've only been staff for one year. I had fun. Everyone was very professional. Um, I have no complaints whatsoever, in any regard.
0: Yeah, honestly, for myself as media and as somebody that was there in that capacity, I personally did not have a single complaint myself either. I, so I think, at least for those of us here on this podcast, uh, thumbs up. And uh, also a uh, shout out uh, to Tim uh, uh, Drake Hart again. The panels uh, went swimmingly, so to speak. The Anime Debate Club was a lot of fun. I took some photos there. That was a 16-plus panel, which was interesting, uh, kind of like a high school-age debate panel. There were a lot of good things brought up there, uh, like, for example, subs and dubs. And bringing up uh, in 2021, it was nice to hear someone actually say, uh, you know, well, subtitles uh, may present an issue for individuals with disabilities. So I thought that was that was nice that someone brought that up. Uh, and also, uh, all I will say, because we're not supposed to talk about it, but the Unmentionables panel. Thumbs up, everything went very well. So um, what I was told was that so long as there are no issues, knock on wood, that it will continue to go off without a hitch. It is one of my personal favorite panels. I participate in a, how should I say this? I participate thoroughly and completely every year. Uh, And this year was excellent, amazing panel, very well run, went off without a hitch. So thumbs up, everything's good there. What was your personal favorite panel out of all the ones either that we've talked about or that you have been a part of?
1: Well, let's see. I wanna say most of the panels that I was actually able to go to were ones that I um, were part of staff. Um, So most of the weekend was either work or saying hello to people I haven't seen in forever. I wanna say, personally for me, it was a hundred percent group therapy just because it it's was like
0: your baby in a way
1: I've been working on that for two <laughs>
0: years. Yes. Your baby is your panel baby.
1: Yes. And I, I definitely feel a lot of, it's nice to have a lot of panels um, for all sorts of um, people, all sorts of interests. This is an anime con, but that doesn't mean it should just be limited to just anime. Um, exactly. Or, at the very least, if it is scented more in it, open up the interest a bit more so it's not just, oh, hey, I've watched that show. It was not great. I, <laughs> why is that show on air?
0: Preaching the choir, my friend. Absolutely.
1: Uh, they should fire that director. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I would love to see more. Uh, one of one thing that I have had interest in for a while, and that's something that we might be able to collaborate on as well, is a D and D themed anime. For example, Record of Lotus War, which was famously based on D and D, and because we it says ESP D and D right above us, I think it's important to talk about Record of Lotus War, Bahamut Rage of Bahamut. I think uh, in a way, Escaflowne feels very uh, the isekai fantasy of Escaflone between both the movie and the show does feel very D&D in its own way. Granted, it has that sort of giant mecha element, but it was sort of done in a science fantasy way, which I really appreciate. Um, there are a few others uh, and D&D-themed anime. Those are the three big ones. Berserk, obviously, if you want to add a fourth. actually, That might be number one for a lot of people as far as D&D or fantasy themed anime, but there's a lot to talk about there. Any that I come would, to mind for you?
1: I would definitely say 95% of Isekai anime <laughs> um, right off the bat are literal D&D campaigns when you throw in the homebrews every single time. Slime, would you like to play as a slime character? I've made five pages here and it is overpowered as hell. Oh, hey, I wanna make the most, I wanna make the this character very broken. He's mentally and emotionally broken. Rising the Shield Hero, yeah, he, he, uh, but I need that like special me- that weapon. I so everyone in the party gets a weapon, but they can never. It's the D D campaign where no one can ever agree on what time um, they want to um, play. So we have one yep. person doing their own very Steam morbid product. campaign, and then we have th- the other three being like, "Oh, hey, we're great," and then secretly, oh. We're the villains? (laughs) What?
0: That, and on that same vein, you have, you know, you have maybe friends that bring off and do three different, you know, campaign styles, or you have one campaign where nobody can agree as to what type of character they want to, they want to do. So you have steampunk characters, you have cowboy characters, you have Sam, and there was just a meme about this, about how, in I think 1837, that was a convergence of timelines in actual history where uh, sort of, or the early I'm not sure the exact yeah, there, era, was a
1: definite, so. there was a definite time of like cowboys, Samurai, Cowboy Samurai. Yeah. Exist could at definitely the same time. Been, yeah.
0: <laughs> um, and that is and a lot of with the easy guy element, you could say, and we're adding the homebrew. So there is a lot of wild stuff you can throw into there. But we're we are uh running tight on time. So there were a couple of things I just wanted to mention uh briefly. Uh, We had the pleasure of being able to meet the amazing guests, the special guests that we had this year at AAC. And I think the staff did an amazing job of getting excellent, excellent um, uh, sort of uh, community-centered celebrities to come and uh, hang out with us at AAC, which is nice because it's very casual and you can actually get a chance to talk to the voice actors, content creators that are brought on as guests. Uh, so uh, Kyle McCarley, Kiba Walker, Caitlin Galt, and Cole. I don't want to say the last name wrong. I've been saying Fuchter. Or, uh, I hope that is correct. But uh, at Lord Asria, uh, you can check them out. But yeah, Caitlin Galt, famously uh, Fenico uh, from uh, Aggretsuko, or Aggretsuko, Gretzko, depending on your vernacular. Oh, uh, Kyle McCarley, <laughs> Yes. And Kyle McCarley, 9S, from uh uh, who my good friend and my usual co-host for this podcast who you may have seen on the past two uh, episodes, Jordy who was unfortunately not able to join us at AAC this year, um, but I am very happy to have made new friends um, the Irregular Retro Gaming Gauntlet was when I spent I spent the entire panel there uh, from start to finish, that was a lot of fun uh, there was an AMA with Caitlin Galt which turned into an AMA with both Caitlin Galt and Kyle McCarley which I did my best to guide the conversation to a more casual format, uh, being in the front, asking about restaurants and pets and who's more competitive is a great panel. Um, I think having the media that we had there this year uh, was excellent. Individuals representing the different media outlets that were there were great. I got a chance to talk to all of them. Everyone uh, of my colleagues was very professional uh, and we were all treated very, very well. So thank you very much AAC for uh, being so nice to all of the uh, all of the media staff that was there. But segueing back to the, cele- uh, the celebrity guests, uh, the voice actors, content creators, and guests that we had, did you get a chance to meet any of them? They're all amazing people. I got a couple of selfies, I had a good time.
1: No. Um, I believe I um, the only one I actually got to see in any capacity was Kiba Walker. Mm-hmm. Um, however, it was always, I was never actually able to go to any of their panels. I did have, uh, and then once again, I didn't have any cash. So I couldn't be like, oh, hey, that autograph, I want it. But honestly, when it comes to conventions, there's always so much to do that anything you really want to do, you have to make sure you get it. You you kind of have to have a uh, calendar or, um timer set just so you know I have to do this 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 right. I want to meet this person and I have exactly 15 minutes between bath and breaks to do so uh, but
0: yeah, I was more yeah. uh, I was more curious as to I think I just uh, I ran into some staff and uh, before some of the panels and just asked kind of generally speaking about uh, some uh, some interviews and uh, they said there was a, you know, uh, just kind of like, hey, is there, are there any open slots I can slide into? Uh, but there weren't any, but uh, it was worth a shot. <laughs> um, but That's we did right. get to go to the uh, the AMA, uh, and which was great. Uh, it was not as packed as I thought it would be, and I think that was very clever with putting it all the way in the back corner of the hotel. Uh, but some interesting things we learned in the AMA, which uh, I did my best to guide that into a more casual format, mm-hmm. because I think... One thing that you that you get when you have an AMA with voice actors is that a lot of the questions from the audience will be, can you help me get into voice acting? How do I get into voice acting? Tell me about voice acting, where do I start? So I feel like in that moment, I did my best to sort of segue and sort of try to work with the audience there and with the crowd to have some more lighthearted conversation and lighthearted questions about mm-hmm. what's your favorite restaurant do you, can you recommend a sushi place for us in la again who's the more competitive gamer it was uh caitlin she admitted that <laughs> um what are some uh, some of your hobbies do you have any other businesses and caitlin also makes uh refrigerators that are trunks uh sort of it, they, they look Like refrigerators, but they're, or they look like trunks, but they're refrigerators. So they're covered in leather and straps and buckles. And it looks like, you know, something you might have found from the wreckage of the the Titanic, but when you open it up from the side, it's uh, an actual refrigerator or cooler, uh, things like that, which is really nice. But in doing that, I was able to, I think the atmosphere kind of changed. And a lot of the other audience members were able to additionally ask more questions that kind of made the atmosphere. Again, a bit more casual, and they asked fun questions, questions you know, burning questions about different anime or different voices uh, that they that they may have had. So overall, I think the panel went uh, very well. Um, it's just an interesting observation uh, at uh, as both someone who, who has been to cons as a con goer and who has been as media. As in those situations, a lot of people do tend to to ask specific questions about. Uh, voice acting and, and how do i how do i break into this um but that is just sort of comes with the territory i think but it was a great conversation otherwise and they were both amazing people to meet and be able to have a casual conversation with so that was just my experience shout out to caitlin uh and uh kyle for doing the ama and thank you for your time and for answering Uh, my silly questions (laughs) about sushi restaurants and cafes and also thank you for answering everyone else's questions about um, voice acting.
1: I feel like a lot of times, um, whenever there's a panel with voice actors, a good portion of it is going to be how can I break out into the voice acting world? Because I feel like a good majority of people, more than most other conventions, I want to say, when it comes to specifically anime themed, mm-hmm. um, there's going to be a lot of questions about breaking up because a lot, for a lot of people, these are their childhoods. This is, yes, yep. they're like, oh, I could be this character. I could be this character I've read about for years that are, they're finally putting into anime 20 years later. And a lot of people obviously want to know that, but it's not an easy world to break into. Yes. Um, yep. you either have to kind of know someone or you have to work your way up exactly. which that so i understand people wanting to ask uh like just how did you break out or how did you get to this point that is probably the only way to really go about it the right
0: no way. that's that's a really good take and it's actually uh now that i think of it that way yeah that's definitely a valid question um and again i think uh in my experience, most most individuals handle that question very well. It's a common question. It's asked, I think, at every time I've been to an AMA. Um, uh, someone uh, asks that question. Uh, and uh, I think, in my experience, between at least the Northeast cons in the Northeast, um, again, so far all of the uh, guests at various conventions have handled that question very well. Uh, and again, I think you have a really great take on that where yeah, it makes sense as to how can I uh, as someone who is very passionate break into this sort of business and sort of tools and tips of the trade and
1: yeah, I haven't really been doing a lot of actual projects lately. I want to say I've most of the projects I've worked on um, either got released and then removed like a year or two later. Or <laughs> actually, I feel like that's a majority of, or they never got off the, um, the ground hmm. mm-hmm. or literally my first big project was like, I got cast for someone's small, uh, death note abridged. Yes. Um, and
0: <laughs> which sounds like fun, by the way.
1: Yeah. And he was like, you know, it was like only, it was like a minute long problem is I wrote, I had to write the entire script and voice L and like several other characters and then we got to they were like you know what let's do an actual show um and then we got like a youtuber and like a facebook cosplay model to actually be like in oh, the wow. thing okay but only the first episode got finished and the issue was um my script my original script was not good the original person that put everything together mm. uh, left quarter of the way and threw everything at me. I'm like, I'm not a director. You are also the video editor. I cannot do this. And uh, it, it fell apart. So whenever someone's trying to do voice acting stuff, you kind of have to like, you have to keep working hard. You have to look and see who's looking for help but like, behind the voice actors or something.
0: Yes. But generally speaking, I want to thank uh, Caitlin and Kyle and also um, Kiba Walker and uh, Cole for just being incredibly accessible to both media and to the audience. And great choices for guests. They were very easy to talk to, I think, again, for both myself and from um, the con-goers, the audience, they were very friendly. And I think a lot of the con-goers got the chance to, to get autographs signed without an issue. The lines weren't too bad um, and everyone seemed to be generally happy. So uh, excellent, excellent choice in guests. And of course, extending uh, a thank you to our four wonderful guests at AAC for uh, taking the time to be there uh, and for talking to all of us. Now, the one thing I want to just segue back into uh, getting back into more con-specific things before we wrap up uh, is the one thing I forgot to say earlier from that feedback panel that we did at the end of the con was the one thing that I I promised to relay was uh, on behalf of some of the staff that were doing the game shows, uh, their request was to have the Jeopardy! round three finals in the mid-afternoon on Sunday rather than first thing in the morning and having or just general game shows any of the game show panels uh the, the the big critique on that from some of the panelists was uh could they please have the finals for any game show not first thing in the morning and I know I think you were at you were there for that conversation as well
1: yes I was there for the conversation I definitely didn't speak at all about I actually didn't get to see the um Jeopardy games, I believe. I've, I may have seen part, one. The
0: first two, uh, parts um,
1: of it. I forget, because I know there were two different uh, Jeopardy games, I think.
0: Mm-hmm. Which is always um, a big hit. Everybody loves that, as far as- um,
1: I did test out one of the games mm-hmm. um, with Sweeney. Um, I would have definitely lost. There was a couple questions. There was one question he was excited that I got right, and then he looked over and I was looking on my phone for the answer. Uh
0: (laughs) as one may or may not do. (laughs) Yes. So
1: it's it's legal as as long as you do not get caught looking at the answers.
0: True. (laughs) It's legal until you get caught.
1: Oh Um, trip back.
0: Yes. Um, So while we're running out of time here, I just want to uh, circle back and say, do you have any, I think we've covered everything that I wanted to talk about. Um, My notes have been thoroughly checked uh, twice. Uh, We've said our thank yous to the guests uh, and uh, extended our appreciations. And I wanted to just circle back with you and see if you had, uh, or see what your final thoughts were on AAC 2021. Uh, Put it all in a nice little package for us.
1: Another anime con 2021. Was a great comeback to the years that we have missed. And we do hope next year that you do want to come back. Because another anime con is a home away from home.
0: That's a soundbite. That's a good soundbite. I mean, I can't really <laughs> say, I can't follow that. All I'll say is personally, I had a wonderful, wonderful experience. I went with my girlfriend. Uh, who also had a wonderful experience. I met new friends, uh, both uh, friends and professional colleagues uh, in the future, and also just casual friends that are just you go and get a pizza with. So it's a great time, it's family, Uh, you meet new friends, new colleagues in some cases, new peers, and I strongly recommend it. I had an absolutely wonderful time with no complaints, excellent, excellent job from the staff, Uh, and from the artists, the vendors, the individuals who helped put the yard sale together, the panelists, the guests, everyone was just fantastic. Definitely recommend AAC as a convention. uh, And I'm looking forward to AAC 2022. And I think that everything with the caravana (laughs) uh, went very, very well, uh, given the restraints that the staff was given to work with. So, Last but certainly not least, again uh, quoting hot ones here, rolling out the red carpet for uh, you, Mr. Playwright. Uh, tell the lovely people of the internet where they can find you and what you're currently working on.
1: Oh, uh, where can they find me? Um, Mr. Playwright on Twitch. I do not stream too often. Um, I am trying to get my own place so I can actually, you know, stream more. Um, I'm I'm trying to actually get to one stream a week right now. Um, I am, I want to say, how many, I, th- I have at least 70 followers, I want to say. Um, so I'm, I'm doing okay. Um, I play, let's see, Most. I, I feel like mostly it's Dead by Daylight. Um, I absolutely love murder mystery games. I have a soft spot for Yakuza and Danganronpa, but I've played those already. And life is strange. Um, other than that, uh, there is a board game I'm currently working on um, where, oh, it is, it is a good idea. It's about uh, adventurers going to a place that has like, you have 30, di- they have 30 days and they will completely clear out um, the new monster's hideaway. Problem is, the players are merchants. And they have to sell to the adventurers and make their fortunes before it's too late. Uh, other than that, I've just been working on, and I'm hoping to eventually start streaming, um, Rings and Ropes, which is a D&D game, I, D&D style game, um, that I've made several rule books of from the ground up. It is a professional wrestling based- um,
0: Oh, right, Will you tell me about Tabletop
1: this? game, yeah. Um, and I'm hoping to actually try, I, I'm still working on, and I'm trying to perfect it. And my friends are not happy because <laughs> they're like, you keep changing the rules. And I, I do part of the
0: process. That's part of the process.
1: Um, but I do actually hope that I'm actually able to try it out, especially with more people. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause it's one thing I, I do always appreciate having the group that I always do, but it is nice to have, other people's thoughts so I can fully improve yes. what I'm doing.
0: Well if you need more playtesters, certainly reach out.
1: I, I mean if you if you really want to do a um one off uh, professional wrestling game. <laughs> I think that would be fun. Yeah.
0: But if you need uh some uh some feedback uh from entry level content creators, I am your woman.
1: <laughs> I mean I, I can definitely drop the rule book I currently have.
0: Yeah, great. And um, we can we can talk about that that more sort of indefinitely ongoing. And uh, I'll reach out to you as well about the Attack on Titan one shot that we have going on. But any other social medias you want to drop?
1: Uh, nope. <laughs>
0: okay. All right. That's great. It. So you can find us uh, Twitch TV slash ESPDND with an N as in Nitro, uh, and that's every other Saturday. You can find us doing our Tomb of Annihilation actual play live stream campaign starting at 9.15 p.m. EST. The stream actually goes live around 9 p.m. EST on alternating Saturdays. And our Twitter is right there on the background where you can follow both my personal Twitter and the uh, ESP Twitter as well. And also, we are on TikTok at Aaron Spencer and also at Roy Brown Designs, who is one of our staff members, our uh, incredible non-binary lead artist and also Twitch content moderator. So you can check us out on Twitch. On Twitter, and those are really the big ones, and some fun little doobly doos on TikTok. So, without further ado, we will go ahead and uh, call it uh, there for the evening. Thank you all. I love it. Thank you all yep. for joining us. It is
1: very dirty. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> due for uh, due for a wash. Uh, yes. Due for a wash in the in the ocean or, or other, uh, as in the anime, uh, as in the uh, the film. But uh, until next time, until the next podcast, uh, stay tuned for. Uh, the next episode of ESB D&D. And until then, peace out, witches. Bye, everybody.